Hello, I'm Karthik Iyer and this is ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. This week has been a testing one for Pakistan in more ways than one. Daniel Rasool fills us in with all that has happened. Matt Roller gives us the lowdown from England with West Indies and the hosts in training and we try and understand the lure of Burnmouth Beach. So this week on Stump Mike, we've managed to get a hold of uh, Daniel Rasool. Daniel, to say you've been uh, busy is an understatement, no? Yeah, but it's a welcome change. I had nothing to do for a few weeks before that. <laughs> and also joining Daniel on this episode of Stump Mike is Matt Roller, all the way from UK, watching all the action unfold in Pakistan. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Matt. So, Daniel... Man, we were recording, I think, a couple of hours after the news broke that uh, that 20 players from Pakistan would be fly- flying to England for their three-test, 320-I series. The remaining 10 who tested positive earlier in the week out of that, six have now tested negative, while four still remain positive. And uh, yeah, have I have I covered it all? What what happened? What happened in Wasim Khan's uh, press conference a couple of hours ago? Yeah, so what seems to have happened finally is we have clarity. Um, there was uncertainty about the number of players who'd be traveling, whether players with test rate positive could travel again after one negative test. And I think it's best we tackle this chronologically. So what happened was on Monday, the BCB announced that ten, uh, that three Pakistan players um, had tested positive and further test results would follow the following day. A further seven then tested positive, which took the total to 10 out of 28 tested players, so more than a third of the squad. Um, at this point, obviously, there was uncertainty about whether um, travel plans would be rearranged because, uh, obviously, um, uh, there was a charter plane that the ECB are sending to Pakistan that will take these players to the UK. Uh, but then they announced it, but then they announced that, no, um, the advanced party, the, initial, the group that had tested negative, would fly as per schedule. And then the PCB floated the idea that maybe players who tested positive just needed to return one negative test um, before they were allowed to um, fly to the UK as well. That would be a significant rule change because I think both the PCB and England had made clear that uh, that is not what the procedure is. The procedure was if you test positive, you have to return two negative tests and then you fly. And the ECB, I think, made that clear in a press release yesterday. And so uh, the Pakistan Cricket Board, Wasim Khan, seems to have said, yeah, six out of the ten who tested positive are now negative, but yes, according to standard operating procedure, they can't fly because they need to have another uh, negative test. And that I think they're going to get tested again in a couple of days. Divided Rohail Nazir and Mohammad Musa, two players, um, that takes the traveling party to 20. And obviously, these 10 players will join once they test negative again. Okay, so so to go back to earlier in the week, it was first Shadab, Heather and Haris Rauf who had tested positive. After that, like you said, seven more. So here's here's where I'm at. So why, if there has been training happening within within Pakistan within the team, why hasn't everyone else being made to go into isolation? So what the PCB have said is that players haven't officially been group training. They've been encouraged to stay at home. They've been encouraged to follow procedure. Procedures in Pakistan are much murkier than they perhaps should have been for a country that uh, has quite a significant um, epidemic at, on their hands. But yeah, they've they've been told they had been told to. Um, isolate and there hadn't been any official group training. We understand that players haven't really been isolating in the way that you might want them to at this time, which explains quite a significant number of positive tests. But that's the PCB's reasoning, that there's been no official group training. And so players haven't 
potentially been in contact with the ones who are negative and so they don't need to isolate so matt what was the feeling back in england when uh, you guys heard this news that 10 out of the 28 pakistan players who were tested had tested positive did that did that probably in your mind throw the entire series in doubt or is the fact that okay the series is scheduled for 6 weeks later which means there is enough time to overcome this hurdle yeah i mean after the uh, after the first three positive results came in ashley giles who's the uh, the managing director for men's cricket at the ecb uh, gave a press conference where he sort of played down any concerns and said uh, said that he didn't think the tour was in doubt um said that we were far enough away from the start of the test series not to worry too much um i think uh, after after the following seven uh came back i think there were maybe a few alarm bells going off um but uh, as wasm khan has said um i think the fact that uh, most of the positive tests happen to be for players in the white ball squad rather than the test squad probably uh, reassured people that there wouldn't be too much of an issue at the moment um and also more generally i suppose that the ecb have maintained throughout that they wanted to uh, to get uh, the pakistan squad and the touring party over to the uk as soon as possible uh with the suggestion being that once they're in uh, a sort of enclosed bubble environment within the UK they'll be much safer and at much lower risk of contracting covid uh than if they're sort of uh, around family and friends at home and uh, in training situations and i suppose that uh, this week has probably proved why they've been so keen to get them over okay so i'm glad you brought up the bubble because what exactly is a bubble particularly the ones in England I'm assuming the West Indies side who are there currently are in a bubble as well yeah it's yeah, i mean you know it's the sort of thing that um, none of us none of us would have had the first clue what we were talking about um 6 months ago but we probably all learned a lot about recently um to sort of give you a picture of what's happening in the UK at the moment with regards to the uh, England West Indies series which starts in a couple of weeks time uh West Indies arrived uh, in Manchester I think 3 weeks ago now um and initially spent uh, two weeks in a sort of mini quarantine uh, staying in the hotel at Old Trafford um so they were training amongst themselves uh you know pretty standard but were were spending less time in a sort of group setting um then since then they started to play uh, they played an intra squad practice match this week and um sort of stepping stepping up their preparations towards that series um but the the crucial bit is that they have no access to the outside world so if you've seen for example um the simpsons movie think a bit about the big dome that goes over springfield uh, and you sort of got a, a virtual one of those uh, in a in a health setting over old trafford uh, if you if you sort of catch my drift where they're uh, they're not having any access so normally on a tour maybe you'd go out for dinner maybe you'd see family and friends none of that's happening uh, england's bubble has now also been effectively put in place at the aegis bowl uh which is the venue for the first test against West Indies uh they've been down training there since uh since Tuesday uh and again this this there's very limited access to the outside world so it's basically the players and the staff are staying uh, on the same floor of the hotel uh interacting in small groups uh and uh, sort of doing their best to adhere to social distancing when it's possible um so so the key principle is basically that everyone is staying effectively as as an enlarged household um so the same thing will happen when pakistan come over they start with two weeks isolation uh, at, at wooster uh, where there's a hotel at the grounds uh, new road and then they travel to uh, derby again to stay in the hotel at the grounds um where they're going to train before uh, the the sort of muted first test which i think is going to be about the 5th of august um but yeah the, the key principle is that they have limited interaction and they're treated as a big household um of 30 or so 
people. Daniel, and in Pakistan, what was the mood like a few days ago when when it's 10 out of 28 who have tested positive? There, there definitely would have been a feeling that the storm may not go ahead and the fact that maybe it's not the smartest idea to have uh, players travel at this point. Uh, yes, uh, but you also have to keep in mind that for Pakistan, it wasn't just a cricket story. It was also an alarming um, general health concern because they thought if 30 players reasonably uh, who are reasonably well informed about what to do and how to socially distance and how to take precautions, if a third of them, more than a third, are tested positive, that did speak to the scale of the epidemic in the country as well. As far as the tour was concerned, um, yeah, there was concern, obviously, because uh, these are, as Wasim Khan kept saying today, unprecedented times. It's a fluid situation, which is um, a euphemism for we don't know what the heck is going on. And that, and, and that, and that essentially, and that essentially is the mood in the country. As you know, Muhammad Afiz didn't take it particularly well. Um, he then got himself privately tested. He didn't, he appeared to be skeptical of official results the next day. Then he posted on Twitter his results, which seemed to suggest they were negative. There's a slightly funny story around that because when Afiz posted his results, he accidentally also posted his uh, personal uh, telephone number. And I think, and I, and I think, and I think, I think he was concerned by the number of calls he was receiving. And then a couple of hours later, he reposted the results. He blacked out his telephone number, but then, but then, but then he had posted his personal identity card information on that uh, official test that he posted. So, so a third, then he tried again and got it right the third time. But yeah, so there is, there was, there was concern about what to do about Hafiz because he claimed that he had tested once negatively and this should be a second negative. Wasim Khan made clear that he and Wahab Riaz also got himself privately tested. This would not count. They had to get tested a couple of times using PCB protocols. And then that's when the tour would go ahead. But yeah, I think England are quite keen to have them over and that put the PCB at ease and they felt that the, that the ECB would put up with any inconveniences that these tests threw in their way and try to accommodate them. Yeah, I think there's, there's a... There's an important point as well about incentives here, which is that for the ECB, they are, they are desperate to get as much cricket, um, as possible for this home summer, um, basically due to TV rights because, uh, they signed this big, I think it was 1.1 billion pounds, uh, deal over five years, uh, for, for the broadcast rights for their home cricket, um, that came into, came into place this year. Uh, and the 18 internationals that have been scheduled for this summer, six in each format, sort of form the backbone of that for this year. So the, the sort of the fear was that in the worst case scenario, they would then have to pay a rebate to the broadcasters uh, if those games couldn't go ahead. Uh, and that would leave, you know, quite a significant black hole in the ECB's finances uh, at a time when they're sort of making such an effort to try and grow the game. Uh, so so as far as the ECB are concerned, if it's possible to get um, this tour ahead, they're going to do everything they feasibly can uh, to get it going, which is why you've heard so many efforts about the, the sort of with the health protocols to, to make this, these, uh, these series possible. And I think as, as far as they're concerned now, it looks pretty likely um, that they'll get the majority of that uh, home season played because I think that the uh, three-test series against the West Indies is all but certain to go ahead. Then there's three ODIs against Ireland where they just need to, uh, to sort of uh, dot the I's and cross the T's. And then these six games against Pakistan will take them very close to, uh, to, to the right amount of cricket as far as the broadcast deal is concerned. And from the PCB's point of view, one um, uh, something worth mentioning is even though they say that there's, this is not on a quid pro quo basis, there's no reciprocity attached to this tour, um, Wasim Khan said even today that it was important to maintain um, good relations with our fellow cricket boards. And then if we um, 
if in, at a future date Pakistan wanted um, favors essentially from other boards, then that they would be more um, amenable to those requests. And obviously the implication is that there's been speculation that Pakistan at some point wants um, England to do Pakistan uh, as part of their um, reintroduction to uh, test cricket within Pakistan. And obviously um, the BCB agreeing to do um, would go a long way to that, you would presume. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to Hafiz here, who went and got himself <laughs> privately tested. Uh, I'm assuming the PCB weren't, weren't too pleased. And this is particularly, I think it came a day after Wasim Khan was still confident, even though 10 players had tested positive, that uh, that the talk would go ahead. He would go on to draw a distinction between players who had tested and which formats they particularly play and said that almost all of the test squad was was, was, was free, was free to travel to England, but was one. Yeah, so uh, Wasim Khan, privately, as we understand it, he did call Hafiz up and give him a piece of his mind. He thought that this appeared to undermine the PCB's procedures and generally um, it was bad optics. Uh, but publicly, even uh, again today, he's, he was far more conciliatory in his tone. He said, yeah, we understand that if he wants to get tested privately, that's his right. He got his family tested privately as well. But yeah, for our, from our purposes, that's not how... Um, and that's not a test that we will consider because we have to adhere to our um, our own personal guidelines. Matt, so Pakistan preparations for the tour and their arrival into the United Kingdom has not been as smooth as, say, West Indies was, for example, no? Yeah, West Indies seem to be uh, completely fine. They've had several rounds of tests, um, all of them negative and they're very much building up towards the first test now. They've got um, a four-day first-class game uh, within the squad uh, starting on Monday, I think it is. Uh, played a three-day game one, uh, this week that was slightly more informal. Uh, and the ECB announced on Wednesday, I think, that 702 negative tests had come back in all and zero positive. So it seems as though things are things are building up fine. There was there was a slight um, bit of confusion on uh, on Tuesday regarding Joffrey Archer, who uh, a family, a household member, I should say, had uh, felt unwell over the weekend uh, on the day that he was meant to be travelling down to the bubble. Uh, so he underwent another test uh, before he came down, which came back negative. Um, but aside from that, I don't think there have been, been any major um, stumbling blocks so far. Touch wood, but, you know... Who knows what will happen in the next two weeks? So yeah, one of the one of the interesting things that will happen is uh, Joe Root. Uh, his wife is due to give birth to her second child uh, at some point during July, and he's said that he wants to be present at that birth. Um, so he now has to, at some point, uh, leave the bubble, uh, go to hospital, and sort of hold his wife's hand or whatever, uh, and then is probably going to have to self isolate at home for a week before he can come back. Um, so it's quite possible that he misses, uh, you know, at least one and possibly two of the West Indies tests. Um, so it, it, it will be interesting to see how England cope in his absence. Um, but it'll, it, it, that also illustrates, um, how important these protocols are to follow from the ECB's point of view. Yeah. Just to draw a quick comparison here, it's probably a bit unfair on Pakistan, no, that, uh, Daniel, that, uh, Root will probably miss a test or two, say, but, isn't Harris uh, Soil in the same position as that, and he's completely withdrawn from the top? I, I'd say the I'd say the more relevant comparison to make is Muhammad Amir because his wife is due to give birth to their second child as well, and that's why he withdrew from the tour altogether. Um, I think I think although uh, that makes more sense from Amir's perspective because he was only going to be available for the T20 series, and if um, he's going to be 
he's not going to be available around for a four or five day period around late August, early September, then he's perhaps going to miss the entire series. I don't know the exact dates the series is going to take place. They haven't been announced. Harris Wells' case is slightly different because he just said, um, my family's concerned about uh, the coronavirus epidemic where we, they just don't want me to travel and I have a young family. I don't want to go. So he just put paid to the matter. He just didn't want to travel much like three West Indies players decided against going all together. Yeah, I was just going to say there's the obvious parallel there with uh, Kimo Poole, Shimon Etmar and Darren Bravo who, who opted out of the tour. Um, and I think that while the England players had to opt in, it's obviously a very different thing to be staying away from home uh, for, I don't know, a four or six week period uh, where you're in the same country in the same time zone as your family versus flying halfway across the world. And there's just that extra bit of uncertainty about it. So um, I think England definitely do have an advantage, but I guess so much of this is, um, you know, the, the fact that we, uh, I suppose the, the fact that on this podcast so far, we've spoken so little about the actual cricket is it, probably illustrates that there's a, there's a wider, uh, there's a wider point here and people are so keen to get cricket on that um, maybe they're, they're less concerned about um, the results themselves. On this podcast also, we, we are calling it Pakistan's testing week, but we're not probably not going to touch upon any of the contract news that has come. That That is how much that has happened in Pakistan over the past week. <laughs> uh, and another point to make, and I, I, I wonder this, because when when big name players or say the a lot of cricketers who play internationally for Pakistan test positive, it does create an impact and impression in the minds of the viewing public, the fans. Danyal, in Pakistan, when shy, someone like Shahid Afridi, Test, test, tested positive. That, that, that would have created waves. It's, 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 it's a sporting comparison to make when it's someone of the level of your world's number one tennis player testing positive as well. I was going to make the exact same comparison because both of these players, Novak Djokovic and Chayda Fridi, they tested positive being irresponsible with the guidelines, but doing something ostensibly for the purposes of, um, for good reasons, for decent reasons. Djokovic was raising money for charity while playing his tennis tournament. Afridi, was distributing food and I think um, uh, money to families affected um, disproportionately by the pandemic. But obviously um, the virus doesn't much care about um, your intentions. If you're not taking precautions, you are likely to be hit. As we understand, uh, Afridi is on the road to recovery. He's going to be fine. Someone made a slightly flippant point about how um, if you're 40, as Afridi apparently is, then you're you're young enough not to... Um, not to be uh, badly hit by the virus, but as he as he claimed as he claimed in his book, he may as well be forty five or forty seven. And so, mm-hmm. the further you keep going up that age bracket, the less certain you are. Yeah, and Matt, what has the reaction been to? We have, we have seen it with with the Premier League returning. With we're actually recording a couple of days after Liverpool have won the league title. We have seen the celebrations. We have seen non socially socially distant celebrations. In, in the city of Liverpool, we have, we have seen players come, go, come in and out from one city to another. How has the reaction been there of players traveling from one country to another though? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I, th- I think, um, I think it would definitely be the case that, uh, in the example of the Premier League, some people were, were much more nervous about it than others. I mean, you saw, saw sort of in the build up to that, um, how concerned a few people were, even in the UK, um, people like Troy Deeney about the possibility of contracting the virus. And, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think so much of it, you just have to respect the individual circumstances of people. I think by and large, um, 
you've, you've probably seen photos on social media this week of people flocking to the beaches. And uh, again, as you say, the, the celebrations outside Anfield and then Liverpool um, over the past week or so. So I think people's attitudes to, towards the virus have become uh, significantly more relaxed. I mean, from uh, what is it this time next week? So next Saturday, um, pub gardens and stuff are going to open and hospitality and tourism sectors are sort of back on their feet. Um, so I, I think people are sort of generally more chilled about it, but equally, I think if, um, you know, in the exact same position, I think people would be pretty concerned about England leading a tour to Pakistan at the moment, um, just simply from a virus point of view, if the, if the, uh, if the positions were inverted. Matt, tell me something though, on before the lockdown hit us, before coronavirus hit us, was Burnmouth Beach ever so popular? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty extraordinary. The fact that that happened midweek as well um, was quite something. Um, but yeah, I mean, during, uh, I suppose one of the other things that I think we're going to touch on this week has been uh, the return of recreational cricket, um, which was sort of given the, the, the hopes of getting back soon, we've given seemingly at least given something of a dent uh, this week when uh, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson described the, the ball as a natural vector of disease. Um which I think a lot of people have uh, have looked at the photos from Bournemouth Beach where no one can move um, versus thinking about um, a sort of low-level village cricket game and wondered uh, how that can possibly be consistent. But uh, the noises we're hearing from the ECB are that, uh, are that they're increasingly confident that um, at least some form of club cricket will be will be able to return within the next couple of weeks. Now coming back to to bringing international cricket. Back back during these times, uh, in your perspective, Daniel, that I mean, it's obvious that there is a stark challenge in going ahead with series and with tours at this time. But uh, I think I think inside all of us, we all want to see cricket start again. Like I haven't looked forward to a series as much as I am England versus West Indies. Um, yeah, so that uh, as Matt said earlier, we um, didn't speak much about the cricket and. It's almost, it almost feels, um, unusual to be talking about the cricket, even though this is a cricket podcast. Uh, but yeah, in Pakistan as well, people are keen to watch, uh, to follow the England West Indies series in a way that they absolutely would not have been, uh, six months ago. And the fact that it leads up to a Pakistan series, um, obviously engenders even more interest. But from the perspective of how well you think certain teams will do, and as Matt said, England do have an advantage. Um, yeah, that's just all up in the air. There's, there's no way you can speculate uh, based on the kind of training that these players have been doing and the individual mindsets that these guys are going to be in. It's just so hard to say what kind of cricket it's going to be and how um, how finely tuned the players are going to be. So, Matt, the series versus West Indies, England will play behind closed doors. The series versus Pakistan, has that been determined as yet? Yeah, it's, it's definitely behind closed doors as well. I think that was confirmed in a release earlier this week. Um, and it isn't hugely surprising. Um, there have been a few, uh, a few counties have been saying that they're, they're sort of mildly hopeful that, um, come September when they're hoping that the T20 blast will be able to be played, they might be able to get some number of fans back. Um, so I think there's, there's an NFL team, uh, who, who gave some kind of blueprints, um, as to how they might manage that with maybe one third capacity and some form of social distancing within the stadium. So I think a few counties are um, mildly hopeful um, that, that they might be able to get fans in before the end of the season. But yeah, for the Pakistan tour, definitely behind closed doors, I think. Um, and yeah, the West Indies series, obviously the same. It'll be interesting to see actually having uh, 
having watched some Premier League games with the the artificial crowd noise, what um, what the broadcasters decide to do, as I understood it, um, they weren't planning on having artificial noise to the same extent as they have in the Premier League. But I think maybe um, they'll have certain things playing through the PA, like Jerusalem at the start of the day's play, potentially. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and it'll be interesting as well to see how much that affects the cricket because quite a few of the England team um, mentioned the Barmy Army as sort of a, a rejuvenating factor at the end of a long day's play or whatever. So who knows? Maybe they, they won't be able to find that extra bit. So Daniel, what are we going to see in cricket? Are we going to see some Zoom screens? Would you like to see some Zoom screens with, with virtual fans in attendance? Or would you like to see some cardboard cutouts of MCC members in hats maybe? <laughs> I, I didn't like uh, the virtual Zoom screens much. I did like the cardboard cutouts though. I like the crowd noise as well. I'm I'm not sure how well that would work in cricket. Obviously, England is the one place where you do need artificial noise for test cricket because the crowds in England are unlike what they are for test cricket anywhere else in the world. So, yeah, um, I think absolute silence uh, during a test match in England will feel weirder than it would feel in other parts of the world. Um, I wouldn't mind crowd noises. I wouldn't mind Jerusalem. I think I think some of the singing um, for test cricket in England is quite fun. Um, as far as the cardboard cutouts are concerned, um, in I think in the Premier League, in the Premier League uh, and in uh, English football in general, you could pay money to um, have a cardboard cutout of yourself, and uh, everybody can check out that story of uh, someone who sent in a cardboard cutout of Osama bin Laden for a Leeds United game that they had to apologise for. So, so yeah, I, th- I think I think the political optics of having something like that when Pakistan are touring are particularly sensitive. So I think you'd have to be even more careful. Yes. So by all accounts, Pakistan are touring England. In fact, twenty players, Tanyal, are leaving. Is it tonight or is it tomorrow? Is it on Sunday, the twenty? Yeah, it's Sunday, the twenty eighth of June. That's right. Yeah. So it's a charter plane that, as I understand, the ECB have arranged and are paying for. And yeah, so that's going to leave tomorrow with 20 players and 11 members of the support staff. So that that leaves eight or 10 players still. The 10 players who were tested positive earlier in the week, they will still remain in Pakistan. The six of them who tested negative today, I presume that they each of them will have to go through another negative test before they go, go to England? Yes. So they're going to be tested again as per the original schedule, which was um, one the 26th and one on the 29th. So they're going, the six are going to be tested again on the 29th. And if they return another negative test and according to the PCB, they will be uh, flown out to the UK as soon as possible. So you can expect, so you can expect them to get there pretty quickly. So these six are Mohammed Hasnain, Shadab Khan, Fakhar Zaman, Mohammed Rizwan, Mohammed Afiz and Wahab Riaz. Now the players who have tested positive today, Kashif Bhati, Haris Rauf, Heather Ali and Imran Khan, they will I'm assuming they'll have to go into uh, probably 14 days of quarantine. Um, no, so the 14 days of quarantine started um, when they tested positive initially, and they're already seven to eight days in because the way these tests were conducted, as I understand it, was in a manner that did not breach their quarantine conditions. So they're going to have, but they are going to have another test on, I think, in the next few days. I'm not sure the exact date for these guys, but yeah, like um, was made clear, they will still need to return two negative tests. Um, before they're cleared to fly. Okay, so in that initially announced 29-man squad, we have 18 of them who have travelled today along with two two standbys. 
we have 10 of them who we currently know their status, six have tested negative and four are positive. All of them will have to go through tests again. And then we have Shoaib Malik. Now, Shoaib Malik is taking some time off. I think Wasim Khan spoke a little while ago saying that Shoaib Malik has not met his family in, in quite some time. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think he said he hadn't seen his family for five months and he'd requested time off. He was only going to be present for the T20S series because he retired from tests uh, five years ago. So, yeah, he's going to get to the UK on the 24th of July, um, as long, obviously, as he returns to negative tests as well, which will be conducted, I believe, in the UAE where he is with his wife. Matt, it's pretty it's pretty impressive that the ECB and the PCB are are working together to make this series happen. I think you all both spoke about the financial aspect of making sure that this series goes ahead. But a part of me also feels that it is at some level for the sport as well, for cricket to to resume. And this England seems to be arguably the only place in the cricketing world where some action can take place. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it's the English home summer, so so that makes sense in terms of when the original fixtures were scheduled. But um, yeah, I think this probably um, there probably needs to be an awful lot of credit to both Cricket West Indies and the PCP going forward. Um, about the fact that they've been so willing to get this uh, to get this tour on, these two tours on, I should say. Um, you know, you think about the financials of an international tour. It's basically the home board that makes all the money from it in terms of revenues and TV rights. Um, so, from the from the West Indies' point of view, that they're, they're, they're not exactly going to be making a huge profit. There's a slightly different um, situation there where that they're they're keen to uh, to appease their main sponsors. Um, so you'll see a lot of branding for that over the next few weeks, I'm sure. Um, but for the PCB as well, we, we've talked about the possibility of a reciprocal tour, and you'd have to hope that the ECB will um, consider this to be to be a credit in the bank for next time they're due to play Pakistan, which I think is in 2022. Um, but yeah, it's, prob- it's probably also relevant that both the uh, the chief executives, so Johnny Grave at uh, West Indies and Wasim Khan at PCB. Have- uh, you know, have good connections in English cricket and both played county cricket themselves. Um, so I'm sure there's a certain, uh, you know, they, they, it, it's uh, it's been good from the ECB's point of view that it's two guys they have strong relations with anyway. Um, but yeah, definitely, as you say, I, I think a huge amount of credit for actually being as, uh, as as open to touring as they have been. So Daniel, when when is the next update from Pakistan expected? We obviously have now twenty players who have left and who have gone, but but for the rest, what what's next for you? Um, I think I think this marks the end of that frenzied period where we didn't know um who was going to do who tested positive, whether they were going to fly at all. So I think we are going to have relative calm uh, over the next two weeks as the players hopefully maintain quarantine in the UK, and I think we're just going to get trickles of updates when certain players who tested positive test negative and are ready to fly and then the second set of players um, who need to still return to positive tests go over and then I think the West Indies series um, which looks like a touch where it's going to go off um, without it's going to start without a hitch I think that's going to uh, take over the conversation and rightly so. Matt and for you what's next for you I'm guessing it's all about the two series that are coming up starting with West Indies and then England versus Pakistan. Yeah, we're uh, we're building up to the to the West Indies series constantly. Really, there's uh, you know there's uh, there's an inter squad game uh, among the West Indies starting on Monday. Then England have one later in the week. Um, there's both teams have a few interesting selection decisions to make, and it's uh, it's been a, a very nice uh, 
a change of tone to be back thinking about selection decisions of which fast bowler to pick and who should bat for rather <laughs> than uh, rather than thinking about uh, biosecurity and all that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, very much looking forward to July the 8th and counting down the days now. Awesome. Daniel, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on Stumpfight. Thanks, mate. My pleasure.